Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Anyone excited just to hear the Word of God this morning? Come on, I just need two people to get me through. Two people to be excited with me, and, and, and we'll get through it just fine. Amen? I got me, and, me and, and, and Pastor Jair. There it is. That's all we need. That's all we need. Amen. I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I love violent worship like we just had. I don't... There's, there's different types for different people, and there's nothing, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. And so I'm not criticizing anybody, but I'm saying, for me, I like violent worship. Amen. I like to just get sweaty and crazy in worship. Amen. All right, I like to start with a quote. Here we go. You guys ready? Yeah, tell them. Tell them you're going to be busy for the next couple minutes. Or if they want to talk to me, I'll talk to them. Invite them out. All right, so here we go. Here's the quote. Parents often talk about the younger generation as if they had nothing to do with it. Oh. Parents often talk about the younger generation as if they had nothing to do with it. All right. I'll preach for four hours if I got young people yelling at me like that. We'll be, be careful. We left off in, in uh, the last part of this series. We're in a series in the life of Elijah, and God's just been kind of messing us up, and we've been learning. I've been learning. I, I hope that we've been learning a lot as we go through the books that, that where Elijah showed up, and we're going to keep on going through until he disappears. And, and then we're going to pray that the spirit of Elijah just appears in this place as it is. Even now, amen? So where we left off in, in uh, Elijah, we left off in 1 Kings chapter 21. And you might have remembered that God, at, at that point, we talked about how God delivered Ahab, the king of Israel, from the king of Aram. Two times, two times this king came and rose up against um, King Ahab and his people. And two times God said that so that you may know that I am the Lord your God, I'm going to deliver you from this king. Two times. And then the, as the story went on, we found that at the end, the, the, the other king survived those two wars, even though they were beaten severely. Their armies were destroyed and crushed. But the, the king survived, and, and this, this knucklehead, king, king Ahab, makes friends with him and makes a covenant with him. And so we, 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 we left off saying how, how Ahab makes a, a, a peace treaty with this king. And in doing that, he sets himself up against God. And he, because see, you can't be friends with an enemy of God. Do you, do you understand how that, how that works? And that was a whole message. You can get it online. Sanctuaryfellowship.org. It's free. You can download it, podcast it, listen to it online. Tell a friend. So we find out he makes himself an enemy of God, and God this time God says, that's it, you've done it again and again and again. This time it's your life for his life, it's the life of your people for his people, you're dead. That's it, you're dead. The word comes to him and says, you're dead. Can you imagine God coming, God's word coming to you and saying, you're dead? Some of you might feel like that sometimes. But the word came to Ahab and said, you're dead. And it says, the word says that Ahab humbled himself and God saw it. And then God postponed the punishment. And God said, it's not going to fall on you, but it's going to fall on your son. Somebody said, that's messed up. See, if, if you were in the class that we had this Wednesday, man, we really went into, we got into really understand how our actions can and do bring repercussion down to our children's generation and even our children's children can pay for the actions that we that we commit amen and so as even gary said as gary said on wednesday when people because we hear this all the time i ain't hurting nobody but I, I just i get high once in a while i just i get lifted i get suited i just get this but i'm not hurting anybody 
Anybody ever used that one? Or, or you heard that one? Right? I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not robbing, stealing, killing, raping people. I'm, I'm just doing me. I'm just living my lifestyle. I'm not hurting anybody. Well, see, the Word of God begs to differ with that. And, and that's not really true. And we've seen throughout history and we've seen throughout Scripture how it's not true. It shows us again and again how children pay for our mistakes. I got your attention yet? See, when we fail to stand for God, when our hearts turn, when we turn our hearts from God, our children pay for it. When we harden our hearts toward God, we're cursing the next generation. And this is serious business. Listen to this quote that I always say. Where there is no repentance, bless you, where there is no repentance, your children will perfect your sins. So think about that the next time you're doing something that, or living a lifestyle, or living in a certain way, and you say, I'm not hurting anybody. Think about it, your children will do it better than you do. They will perfect your sins. I want to share a message with you today titled, The Common or the Christ. Amen. See, that which you do, your children will take to the next level. If you do good, your kids will be set up to do better. Will they always do better? Maybe not. But when you do good, your kids will be set up to do better. When you do what's against God, you make your children enemies of God. This is serious. This is serious teaching. Listen, your kids, every and every generation will have the free will to do anything they set their minds to do. How many of you know that's true? Right? Your kids will have the gener- the free will to do. God would have it no other way. I wish that it was different. I wish that if 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 I did this, that I know that I know that you know what I'm saying? I, I wish that I could do that, but I can't. God would have it no other way. The same free will that God gave me to choose, He's going to give my children to choose. My children to choose. However, we've, as we've read and, and learned from the scriptures, is with the, what, we really, what we read is that we can set them up for greatness or we can set them up for adversity. Still with me? We can present them as the king's beloved kids or we can present them as children of the enemies of God. Isn't that, wow. Isn't that serious? Does anybody, does anybody feel the weight of that? Can you imagine if I presented you to somebody? These are children of, of the friends of God. You know, these are children of the king. These are king's kids. Or if I presented some, some, some thugs to you, or even some pretty little girls from children's shirt. No, these are children of the enemies of God. Doesn't that like carry some, a, a little weight? If you think about it, doesn't that change things? Right? And, and we can see, we're going to see as we move in, as we move into uh, the first Kings and second Kings, and we're going to see that where there is no repentance, each generation grows in wickedness. I've seen that in my own lifetime, in my own generation. Listen to me. Where are my 80s kids at? Well, we, put your hands down. If you remember our generation, when we wanted to do something that we knew was wrong, we hid. Am I right or wrong? Or even the generation before that, right? The 70s, the 60s. When, when you wanted to do something wrong, you hid. When you wanted to, to, to get drunk or get high or do something, it was like... And... And, and there was incense and, and candles and, 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 and all this crazy. It was hidden. It was hidden. Right? But, but, but does this generation hide to do anything? No, we are so out of the closet in everything that, that there is no hide. There is not one morning that I'm not in the corner store picking up my coffee and roll that one person, at least one, comes in to buy their vanilla flavored blunt wrap. It scares me that you know what I'm talking about. I thought I would have to explain that. Let me explain to Laura because she's lost. See, in our day, young people would buy a, a, a box of cigars. And because, see, a, a little marijuana joint is not big enough. So they would buy a cigar, a box of cigars, and then empty the tobacco. And then, now you know about that. Okay. So now, marketing... 
market, what's so funny? I'm just breaking it down. So now marketing, marketing says, wait a minute, young people are doing this. This is a mark. This is a craze. This is a big thing. They're talking about it on MTV. It's in every song about smoking an L. It's in every song. Let's marketing. The man said, we can make money on this. Let's flavor them and sell them individual. Yeah. So now you can go right to the corner store and buy it in vanilla or in strawberry just to flavor your weed. You understand? And so, see, what what I'm trying to show you, some of you look embarrassed. What's going on? I'm going to have the ushers search all of you. We're going to do a blood test up in here. What I'm trying to show you is that, you know, what we did in secret, everybody is in open now. There is no, you, the generation will, will, will change, It'll, they will perfect your sins. You, you understand what I'm saying? What, what we saw as sin, they see as lifestyle. Oh, man, that's good. That's a whole other message. What we see, what we saw as, we know what we're doing is bad. They see as, this is how I roll. This is how I live. This is what I do. I'm not hurting anybody. It's acceptable. It's applauded. It's applauded. Ain't it? Come out, people celebrate. It's applauded. When, when, back, in, when back then it was hidden, it, it has changed. All right, let's jump into the Word of God before I get crazy here. 1 Kings 22. In, in 1 Kings 22, the chapter begins with peace and ends with war. King Jehoshaphat, that's a hard name to say. King Jehoshaphat comes to visit this King Ahab. Remember, we've already gone, if you've missed the other series, King Ahab, the word says, was one of the wickedest kings in all of history. So this is a wicked man. But even this wicked man, God has shown grace again and again and again because some of us need second and third and fourth and fifth chances. Any of us in here? Just your pastor, that's good. Um, so, so, you know, that, that's who this Ahab is. But this King Jehoshaphat comes to visit this King Ahab. And, he, and Ahab tells him, listen, there's a land that belongs to us that the enemy hasn't given back to us. Will you come with me, you know, join for... He's a, he's a king. Would you join with me and let's go and take this land that belongs to us? So King Jehoshaphat says, you know, he's a king like him, and he says, man, if that land belongs to you, of course I'll go with you. Of course, my people will be your people. I, I'm the same as you. We'll go, and we'll take this land. But first, let's inquire of the Lord to see what he would say. Before we move on, let's find out God's counsel on this. Because King Jehoshaphat was a man of God. And so a man of God will not do something until he's asked the Lord and checked and double-checked and knows that he has a green light to do what God wants him to do. Because the man of God wants to know that he's in God's will. Anybody like that here today? See, the man of God will not do something and then ask God to bless it. The man of God will not say, I'm leaving the city, I'm moving to Kentucky. And then in Kentucky, say, God, bless this and bless, let me find a church and let me find... God said, well, where are you? What are you doing in Kentucky? I'm, I'm still sending messages to you in New York. I never told you to leave. You, you understand what I'm saying? But a man of God doesn't take a step until he says, God, is this your will? Should I do this? And God says, do this. I'm going to be with you. And then he could just step blindly, even if there's no floor there. You, you understand? Because that's how, if God says go, then, and there's no floor, there's going to be floor under your feet when you step there. It, it's that crazy. It's that awesome to be in God's will. I've seen it throughout my life. So, King Jehoshaphat says, sure, I'm going to go with you, but first, let's ask God for guidance. So listen to what the wicked man does. King Ahab says, he brings together all 400 prophets, and he asks them. Now, if you remember back from the beginning of this series, there were 450 prophets of Baal, and then there were 400 prophets of Asherah that were Jezebel's little play toys. Jezebel had 400 prophets that ate from her kitchen. I mean, she fed four. They were under her employ that they sought counsel from to not seek God. They had 450 and 400. And if you remember when Elijah came and challenged all of them to a big all-out brawl, he said, bring all of your prophets, the 450, the 400, anybody and their mother, bring them to Mount Carmel. We're going to see who's the real God. And remember, he had that challenge with them, right? 
These are the 400 that didn't show up. If you remember in the story, only 450 showed up and had the battle with Elijah. Elijah's God wins because our God is God. Amen? Our God is God. Amen? He can't be trifled with with some little podium God or some little idol God. Our God is God. Our God, Jehovah, is one God. Amen? It's all right, Pastor. He's staying right there, Pastor. He's in the anointing. It's the anointing spot right there. Amen. So these are the 400 that didn't show up that they had on the side. Now, if you remember that story, God proved to Ahab that he was God. And God killed the 450 prophets. And here it is, a man of God is asking Ahab, let's inquire of the Lord. And Ahab calls the other 400 clowns and brings them to prophesy, to tell them, is this what God wants for me? Okay, so you you get in the picture, right? So he, he, he brings these prophets and he asks the prophets, shall I go and take this land or shall I hold back? And it says, they all said, go, God will bring it into the king's hands. Does that bother anybody? These are 400 prophets of an idol. And they're saying, God says, go, God will deliver it into the king's hands. Can we make a note? Don't ever go to people that don't serve God to ask what God wants to do. See, too often I, I, I hear people from church asking people who don't serve God for advice on what they should do. Can I give you my personal quote on that? Foolish is the man who seeketh counsel from a fool. That says seeketh to make it sound King James, so you think it's, it sounds more truth, right? But only a fool would ask a fool for advice. So, so keep your keep your, your your guidance and keep that keep that uh, limited, amen. So anyway, all these prophets are saying, "Yes, God, the God will give it into your hands." Yes, can you imagine what four hundred people prophesying at the same time looks like? There's only, there's probably less than 200 in here. Imagine twice this and some change. Prophesying to the two kings saying, Surely God will, oh, they're, they're probably doing all the fake, Shanda, Randa, oh, Shanto, Santo, oh, Santo. Surely el Señor te dice que go. And in every language, in every language, they're probably prophesying, just telling him, you know, giving him all this false nonsense. Jehoshaphat says, He says, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we can ask? He says, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we... See, Jehoshaphat would rather hear the word of one man of God to these 400 prophets that don't know God. We'd rather hear the the word from one man of God. Picture that scene, 400 people prophesying the same thing. A huge crowd in full agreement. Make a note, just because a lot of people are saying the same thing or just because a lot of people are doing the same thing doesn't mean it's the right thing. Whoa, that took me back to Tuesday, election day. The crowd doesn't always do the right thing. The crowd does the common thing. Not not too many people got excited with that. The crowd doesn't always do the right thing. The crowd does the common thing. If there's one thing I always want to pour into young people and shake them by the throat and throw them to the ground and say, stop following the crowd. The crowd will never do the right thing. Never. We have to flip it so that we're the crowd and we're the crowd that's doing the right things and the, un, the ungodly, the unenlightened, the unwisdomed, that, that they would start following the crowd and be in rebellion. Amen? We need to rebel against the world. I don't really believe that. You just say amen in me. Jehoshaphat cries out, no disrespect, king. Because you imagine, you could be killed for something crazy like that. If the king says, does, does something, and you can imagine that's a really big... And, and imagine if he disrespected him in front of 450, 400 prophets and all his officials and all his... That's some bad disrespect that could happen there. So Jehoshaphat says it probably very kindly. He says, listen, no disrespect, king, but isn't there one man of God that we can go to? 
Isn't there one man of God that we can inquire of? Isn't there one woman of God that we can listen to? Can there be one young person that would stand for God that we can go to? Is there one kid maybe from children's church that we can just inquire of instead of, instead of these 400 prophets? Amen? Woo, I believe the world all around us is crying out. Is there one person in all of this confusion, in all of this pain, in all of this suffering? In, is there one person of God that we can ask? Is there one real man of God? Is there one real woman of God? Is there one real young person that would stand for God and give us the truth? People are so desperate today for change. Isn't that what the whole election was about? I can talk about it now because it's past, but as a pastor, I can't promote or do any of that, so, and so I didn't. And I'm never going to promote anybody anyway. I, I, I'm just saying, stand for what God stands for and be against what God is against. So, so whenever there's a question of, of, of politics, whenever there's any kind of question in your mind in any way, stand for what God stands for and stand against what God stands against. You will never go wrong. You might not be popular though. And you might be standing on one side by yourself. And you might feel a little weird because the crowd is on that side and you're standing on this side. And so what happens to wishy-washy or people that are not have a firm conviction or a good understanding or not have, are really dependent on God is when they stand over here and they see everybody standing over there, they go, oh, sorry. Haven't, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you, you can see this at a wedding and people doing the electric slide, right? And, it, and somebody goes the wrong way, you're like, oh, sorry. And so, because the crowd got to be right, right? So if the, all the crowd went left when it said right, it, you'd still be wrong if you're facing the wrong way and everybody's going that way. You, you get the picture? I was going to have a couple people do that, but... People are so desperate today for change. They want change. And, and we're hearing, you, if, you read the, if you read the fine lines in the papers, this doesn't make like the big headlines, but if you read the news and if you see what's going on, more and more actors and rich people, they turn into Scientology. They're giving their millions and millions away to a cult that's based on aliens. Did you know that? Did you know that? That, that Scientology is a cult based on aliens. You want to get more far out and more crazy? Aliens! And, and Tom Cruise, $40 million to get these awards. And, and so many of these, these actors, they're so desperate for change. They think that money can buy it. And so they, they, they'll join up with anything. They're looking for so much change. And by the hundreds, and people, people are following the crowd as they do the common thing. Have you noticed every other show on TV today is about the paranormal? Every other show is about vampires and witchcraft and some shows make it look good and some shows show that it's evil and, but there's always the good wickedness and the bad wickedness and there's the good witchcraft and the bad witchcraft. Is there such thing as good witchcraft, church? Come on, will you wake up? I, I get mad. I say, well, people just wake up. I, I don't care. Put whatever you want on TV, but at least let it be what it is. Stop deceiving my people. Amen? There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing positive, there's nothing godly about vampirism. There's nothing godly about witchcraft. There's nothing godly about casting spells and, and doing all that kind of stuff. But yet, yet our kids are buying Harry Potter books by the, by the millions. Like it's cool. It's not. Sorry. It's not cool. It's not cool. There's actual spells in those books that work. Check that out. But give it to your kids, let them experiment. And, and guess what? The spells in the books that work are all with common household things. So it's stuff that we can try at home when mommy's not looking. It's stuff that we can look up on the internet and get. It's not like, let me get Eye of Newt and, you know, Witch Tale. And, no, it says get oregano and get this and get this and some salt and just say this in a candle. And Is that what you want your kids playing around with? But why did that sweeping the nation? The world wants change. Amen? And by the hundreds, they're following the common thing. They're following the crowd. Jehoshaphat asked, is there one man of God that we can ask so that we can do the Christ thing? 
Ahab answers Jehoshaphat. Check this out. You need to turn there if you have your Bibles. Chapter 22, verse 8. I want you to see this so you know I'm not making this up and talking deparate. In, in first, chapter 22, verse 8. Jehoshaphat asked King Ahab, isn't there one man of God that we can turn to? Look what Ahab says. Ahab says, there is one man, but I hate him. Wow. There's one man, but I hate him. It goes on to tell you why he hates him. I hate him because, because he never says anything good about me. Because you're a wicked knucklehead. Why? Is there anything good to say about you? If there was, he would say it. See, he's equated the word of God with always being against him. Why? Because he sets himself to live a lifestyle that's against the word of God. So anything the word of God says against his lifestyle, he takes that gets against me and it's personal. It's not personal. If you walked in truth, the man of God would speak truth into your life. Or if you walked in truth and truth was spoken to you, it would agree with your life. But because it doesn't, you hate him because it speaks against you why people hate church besides the hypocrites and besides the phony balonies that that are one way here and one way outside but but a lot of the reason people hate the church is because it's not going to agree with the way they're living and who wants to come and be told that i'm not living right and I'm, I mean, I'm not all about, you know, preaching, condemning and fire and brimstone and you're all going to hell and you're a nasty, filthy sinner. I smell you from here. You stink. You need to be saved so that you can be, I'm not, you know. But I'm going to tell you what the Word says. And if the Word doesn't agree with you, it's going to cut you and it's going to make you feel offended maybe and it's going to make you hate me. Ahab says, there is one man, but I hate him. Think about the media today. I have never seen in my life as a Christian such a hatred for God. In the movies, in the songs, the enemy has launched an I Hate God marketing campaign. Do you see it? Do you see it? There's movies right now. There's books and movies that are being propagated and just lifted up by, by all the mainline secularism about talking about the God who wasn't there. That's a big bestseller. The God who wasn't there. There's a movie coming out called um, religi Religious, Religi, relig relig something like that. Religious, because they're saying it's ridiculous, but that religion is ridiculous. So it's religious. And, it's an, and it has with it a, a, a doubt, an atheist website that's attached with it. And you go to the website, and this website just grabs little snippets from Christians that make us look really stupid. And so it, it, they grab the most ridiculous Christians on the face of the earth to quote and to put little snippets of. I was like, if any of those Christians were even in our church, we'd throw them out. Because if you be that, you know, and, and so they have all these little ads. Look, these people are doing Christian yoga and Christian this. And they talk about how we have Christian chewing gum and Christian mints. And, Christ and it's true. And it's true. And it is foolish. It is foolish. How many of you watch Brush Your Teeth with a Christian Toothbrush? That you can buy them at the Christian bookstore. Would it make them any wider? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Would it make them any holier? Some of us need mints, definitely. They don't have to have scripture on them. I don't think a scripture mint would change the... You just need a mint, yes. The word of the Lord says yes, you need a mint, some gum. It does not need scripture on it though. But anyway, so there's such an I hate God campaign that we see it everywhere. Ahab here reminds me of the common, the crowd today. And so many artists and songwriters and musicians, the crowd, the common, the industries, they know there's a God, they know where to go, they know who to ask, they know who to talk to, but they hate Him. Because He never says anything good about me. Jehoshaphat wants to hear from the Lord before he makes a move. He's not swayed by the crowd, he doesn't accept the common, he wants to hear from Christ. So Ahab sends for this guy who he hates. <clears throat> he sends a messenger to go get him. And the messenger goes and gets this prophet. It sounds like he might have had the prophet in jail because the messenger knew exactly where to go get him. The messenger goes and gets him. And as he's walking with him, bringing him to, to this place where the 400 prophets are prophesying and the kings are probably sitting on thrones there hearing from the word of God from these prophets. He, he's walking with him and he's bringing him to him and he says, listen, this is what's going to go down. I'm going to bring you to the king 
because Jehoshaphat asked to hear a word from the Lord. There's already 400 prophets there, and all of those 400 prophets have already said that the king should go into battle and, and that God was going to deliver it. I would suggest when you get there that you would do the same and be in agreement with what the prophets say. So he coached them all the way there. He said, you should say what everybody's saying. He's saying, you should choose the common and it will go well with you. The king already hates you. If you show up with a word that's against the 400, he'll probably take your head off. So you should say what everybody else is saying so that it will go well with you. The prophet says, I'm going to say whatever God tells me to say, so whatever. And he just goes, right? But then, if you read the scriptures there, it, when, when the king asks him, what should you do? He says, you should go. God's going to give it into your hands. And it's like he must have said it sarcastically because the king responds, come on, how many times do I need to tell you you need to speak the truth to me? So I'm thinking he must have said it like, yeah, go, king. Everybody says, go. God's going to give it into your hands because God is good and you're wonderful. He loves you. Because then he, he, he stops him. The king doesn't just accept that. He stops him and he says, you, you need to tell me the truth. Tell me exactly what the word of the Lord says to you. I need to hear the word of God. Tell me the truth. And so then they had, um, the, the prophet opens up. He says, well, I had a dream. God showed me this vision. And all the people were scattered in the war. They were all going all different ways, which means the king has been killed. So if you go into this war, you're going to die. And all your people are going to scatter. And Ahab goes, you see, I told you, he hates me. He never says anything good about me. Send him. No, as a matter of fact, one of the, the main prophets who goes up to the and slaps him in the face. He slaps him in his face for saying the truth. How many of you have ever been beaten up for saying the truth? I don't mean in the physical. Maybe, but, but you've been, people will slap you ugly, Right? When you just speak the truth and it's not what they want to hear. They say, well, your mother. Right? They just get, people get bad about you and they just get nasty on you, right? So this prophet slaps him and the king says, send him off to jail. Send him to jail and just, you know, boom, um, put him away, lock him up until I get back. And so then... As a matter of fact, that prophet breaks it, breaks it down to Ahab and tells him, see, what happened was the, the Spirit of the Lord has allowed a lying spirit to speak to the mouths of all of your 400 prophets, and that's why they're all saying the same thing. God allowed it. Prophet slapped him. King says, send him off to jail. Lock him up. I'll deal with him when I get back. And as a matter of fact, in prison, make sure he gets only bread and water. In other words, make sure his life is miserable. Put him in the worst cell. Give him the worst conditions. And just give him enough food to keep him alive. I mean, no, that's ugly. And he says, until I get back. And the prophet says, right before he's taken away, the prophet says, if you ever get back, it means the Lord never spoke to me. And he goes away, he gets locked up. Somebody say, that's bold. See, sometimes the truth isn't popular. Sometimes it won't win you any points in any situation. Sometimes people will hate you for telling the truth. But a lie might make someone happy for the moment, but it will never make them better. A lie might make somebody feel good for a moment, but it surely will not set them free. I don't care for the common word. I want the Christ word. Tell somebody, I want the Christ word. So Ahab goes off into war, choosing the common word. Jehoshaphat goes with him. That puzzles me. But maybe it's just in there to show us that sometimes good men make bad choices. Right? Sometimes good men make bad choices. They go off into war. As soon as they're on the field of battle, what happens? The word says a random arrow, random arrow, comes and pierces Ahab in between the armor pieces. I mean, you know the chances of a random arrow going in between the armor piece enough to kill you. A random, that was a Holy Spirit guided, you understand what I'm saying? The, a random arrow hits him, pierces him, and, and he starts to bleed out. He tells his chariot, because the king would fight on a chariot, being pulled by people and, you know, pulled around by people. He tells the chariot driver, get me out of the battle, I'm wounded. 
And so the chariot driver gets him out of the battle and then props him up, leans him up against the chariot so that everybody would see him still standing and facing the enemy and that they wouldn't stop fighting. But all the while he's bleeding out. To me that was such an ultimate picture. It's the best illustration you could ever see about what happens when you choose the common above the Christ. So they prop him up so that the enemy faking it for the rest of the day so everyone would continue fighting while he's bleeding. The media today props up all of these superstars. They prop them up and they hold them up so that you could keep on following them while inside really they're bleeding out. Have we seen that? Inside, the, the common, the crowd continues to prop up these kings so that you could think they're doing well and the lifestyle of the crowd is so great and so wonderful and all the while, you know, you could keep pursuing the crowd and keep listening to the common and holding on to the Christ. But a few sentences later, we find out Ahab is dead. He's dead. How many and how sad are the lives of those that we know that are propped up and to get us to believe like, you know, these, 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 that this lifestyle is good, right? How many of these actors' lives and these, they're propped up and they're brought up before us to let you know, hey man, this is, you saw my house on MTV Cribs, man. You saw the nine cars that I got. You see I'm sitting on 22s, right? You see, man, life is good. Life is, all the while they're, they're bleeding out. All the while they're bleeding out. It's a false king being propped up. And then in the next sentence, they're dead. They're overdosed. They're underdosed. They're, they're all kind of things that we hear, right? They're just dosed. It's, it's so sad, isn't it? It's so sad. We paint this picture of, look, man, I want to be, and then our, our kids are like, I want to be just like this guy. I want to be just like this girl. I want to have the money that she has. I want to have the lifestyle that she has. But they don't see her. She's propped up. They don't see her throwing up every time she eats because she has to keep this figure. They don't see her um, injecting. They don't see him shooting up and doing, doing crack corner drugs, even though they're millionaires. They don't, they don't show them doing these, these, these $5 and $10 drugs that an average crackhead and heroin junkie is doing on the street. These millionaires, and they don't see them. And then in the next sentences, they're dead. So it says, once he died, it says, everyone scattered, everybody headed back to their homes. And as the prophet said, then he was buried. And listen to this, I'm finishing with this. Look, Ahaziah, his son, became king. Remember, we're talking about generations going down. Ahaziah, his son, became king. Hear this, in verse 52, it says, Ahaziah did evil in the eyes of the Lord because he walked in the ways of his father and mother. How would you like that to be said about you? Your kid did evil in the sight of the Lord because he walked in the ways of your mother and father. I want you to see something. In the beginning of 2 Kings, this son, Ahaziah, we're in 2 Kings now, and right in the beginning we find out this son, he falls through a chimney, uh, through, a, through a lattice in, in his kind of uh, terrace or whatever it is, a balcony. He falls through it, he falls and he gets hurt real bad. And he's in bed. And he, he sends messengers to inquire from Beelzebub, God of Ekron, to see if he will get better. In the common words of today, it means he sends somebody out to go get his tarot cards read. He sends somebody out to get his horoscope. He sends somebody out to get his um, consulta done. My, where my Hispanics at? I need a consulta to see if I'm going to make it, to see if I'm going to, am I going to live? Somebody, you know, get me the local witch, the good witch though, the one that practices good magic. Bring me the bruja that does white magic, not the black magic, because that would be evil, and I'm a Christian. So he says, you know, he sends messengers to go, and, and listen, this gets God's attention. It says, as they were heading to this wicked consultation, God sends Elijah to meet. Here comes Elijah. God holds back Elijah for like the big jobs. God sends Elijah to grab these messengers and, and to tell them, he says, go back to him and ask him this. 
Is it because there is no God in Israel that you're going off to consult these knuckleheads? He said, is it because there's no God in Israel? God is saying, is it because I don't exist that you're going off to read your horoscopes? Is it because I don't exist that you need tarot cards? Is it because I don't exist that you need a little Santa Barbara on your chain or that you need a little San Lazaro on your thing? Is it because I'm not real that you need that for luck and protection and and advice? Somebody say, God, don't play that. So he tells him, go back and tell him, is it because I'm not God that he's going off to consult? And then tell him this, the Lord says, you will not leave that bed you're in, you will surely die. Father, God told the father, you're going to die because of your lifestyle, because of the way you live. Now God is telling the son, because you've chosen to, to walk in the ways of your mother and father, you are going to die. Isn't that the same question Jehoshaphat was just asking the father? His father consulted with 400 prophets, and Jehoshaphat said, isn't there one man of God that we can talk to? And here the son, he's hurt, and he's following in the ways of the father. He consults idols and foreign gods, and this time God asks, is it because there's no God of Israel that you're going to ask this guy? Father's parents, can you, can you listen for a moment? Your children are watching who you turn to when things are difficult. Your children are, are watching who you put your trust in. They're watching whose word you follow. Are you listening to the common word or are you holding fast to listen to the Christ word? History will tell you Who you choose affects who they will choose. Is it the common word or is it the Christ? And now, let me close with this. You could be sitting here today and say, well, I have no kids. I'm not married. This whole message doesn't apply to me. Hallelujah. I got off free this Sunday. Come on, some of you were thinking it. Like, whoo, this ain't about me. That's why you were amening. That's why you was encouraging me. You're like, you better tell these parents. They need to recognize Tell them, tell them, preach it, Pastor. Tell them. Let me flip it on you for a minute. You might not be a parent. You might not even be an adult yet. But I'm willing to bet someone is watching you. I'm willing to bet that someone knows that you go to church sometimes, even if you're you're following the crowd during the week or doing the common the rest of the week. Somebody in your life knows that, you're, that you go to church. Someone is watching you and you are proving to somebody that either the common is best and the Christ doesn't even apply or you're standing strong and refusing to go against the Christ and going with the crowd. Refusing to do the common thing. Holding fast to the Christ thing. Jesus says in John 14, 21, the person who knows my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. See, we could jump up and down, I love you, Jesus. We can get into worship and, and whatever it says on the, on the thing we read, I love you, come touch me. I, you're the love of my life. You're the one. But then when we leave here, we're doing the common. As so, soon as we hit the, some of you don't even wait to hit the lobby. You throw in the iPods right before you even, you're still in the building. You're already feeding the common. Immediately, because you say, man, what if some of the good that Christ got in me and it starts to change, I might have to act different. So immediately you put in Pastor iPod and, and you, let the, you, let it, you let the common flush out the Christ. Do you know the common could flush out the Christ? This is a whole other message, but can you, can you please just, just understand that the common can flush out the Christ? Because, because Christ doesn't force it. Christ wants you to, to love Him. And He says, those that know my commands and keep them, those are the ones that love me. Not the, it doesn't say those that go to church are the ones that love me. Those that wear a Christian t-shirt are the ones that love me. Those that whatever are the ones, no. It says those that know my commands and follow them, those are the ones that love me. So t- today I, I either want to applaud you for standing firm or I want to encourage you to take a stand. 
Somebody in your job, somebody in your school, somebody in your circle of friends is asking, is there a man that I can go to to hear the word of God? Is there, a, is there a woman of God that I can seek counsel from? Is there a child of God? Is there some kid in children's church that I can just ask and, and get some wisdom from God on? I want you to stand up today and make that choice. Let's bow our heads for a moment. There, the, the same thing exists in church, especially around this time. When there's a call, when there's a challenge, and, and, and somebody, somebody's speaking, somebody that's just kind of brought some, some, some scripture, some revelation to you, and, and there's, a, there's a tendency to say, well, if more people stand, I'll stand. And even in church, we can do the common thing, and even in church, the common thing could not be right. You understand that? So I don't want to peer pressure anybody into choosing Christ. That has to be something that's real in your heart. That has to be something. And, and if you're not ready to do that today, don't do it. If you're not ready to choose Christ, then don't do it. But ask yourself in this couple moments before we leave here, why? Is it because, like Ahab, I've set myself so against God that I know who to go to, I know who to ask, but I hate him. If you've been standing, if you've been standing, then, then just stand because I just want to, I want to applaud you today. If you've been standing firm and, and resisting the crowd, and that doesn't mean you're perfect. Don't stand because you, you think you're perfect or, or nobody's going to think that you're like arrogant or, or, or a hypocrite. No, even though standing right now, even your pastor messes up. We mess up, right? We, we're not perfect. Until Christ perfects us, we are not, we are not perfect. We won't be. But if you're standing, it's because you say, man, I, but I, I give it a fighting chance every day. I give it a fighting chance every day. Will the fighters please just stand? I give it a fighting chance. I want to hear, I'd rather hear a word from a man of God than a word from 400 tarot cards. I'd rather hear a word from a man of God that's speaking to my life than to hear what Capricorn is, is going to happen today for Capricorn. If you're standing, I just applaud you. I applaud you. Father, thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your remnant. You always keep a remnant, Lord God. Thank you that even when times are hard, thank you that even when, when there's so much opposition, even when it's so hard to, to stand to conviction, even when it's so accepted to give in, even when it's so applauded to give in to the crowd, God, I thank you that you keep men and women who will stand. And I thank you, Lord God, that that's the, those are the pillars of this church, those that would stand. I pray that you strengthen them, that you encourage them, and that you keep them strong, that you keep them challenged, that you keep them, Lord God, in your, in your conviction and in your love and in your grace. And the rest of us, if we're not standing, I want to just ask you today. I want to ask you today. Will you stand? Will you just say, would you just say, God, you know, I've tried so many different ways. I've tried it to go this route and this route. And the crowd has always left me hurt. The crowd has always betrayed me. The crowd has always left me wanting more. I've tried even the wickedest of things and I found myself not satisfied. Would you say, God, I need you today. Jesus, I receive you today. I choose the Christ word today. Would you stand? Would you stand if that's you? Let's applaud them. Come on. Come on. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. Come on. If somebody, if somebody just stood up next to you, would, would a couple people just gather around and just let's just start agreeing and praying with them. If somebody just stood up next to you, would, would a couple of people here, some of those that were standing before, would you just turn and just kind of hug on somebody that just stood? And would you tell them it's going to be all right? Would you tell them, I'm proud of you? Would you tell them, you're doing the right thing? Would you tell them, God is going to see you through? Amen. 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 Father, thank you for those. 
If you just stood, say this simple prayer. Say it in your own words. You don't even have to repeat after me. Just say it in the next couple of seconds. Say, God, I, I receive you. I, I know that you designed me with a plan and a purpose. And say, God, I, I want to walk in that plan and that purpose. I know that to, in order to bring me close, because everything that I've done has separated me from you. And so in order to bring me close, you sent your son to pay, to die, so that he would be the ultimate sacrifice that I may have life and that I can have union and communion with you once again. And just say that prayer and say, God, so I, I believe that and I receive it and I accept it. And God, today I choose Christ and, and I stand against the crowd. Amen. 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 Turn around and give somebody, give five high fives or a couple of hugs. Come on, encourage somebody. Oh. <laughs> Love you, Papa. We're about to have our friends and family luncheon. Those that I need to set up, go ahead and start setting up in the back. I'm going to ask that if you... If you haven't been here, if you really don't get, haven't gotten to know us, we haven't been able to connect since we've come to this building. If you're new, we just want to have lunch with you. We want to serve, serve you lunch and we want to sit with you and kind of just get to know you. We want you to connect with a couple of people because it's all about connecting. It's all about being encouraged. It's all about being, um, being you know, connected with the body of Christ. There's no long rangers in this church and that doesn't work. It'll be hard especially those of you that just made a choice today, stay with us, have lunch with us. I promise there'll be no more preaching. We're just, we're just going to hang out and get to know each other. You can ask us questions. You can do whatever you like. But come have lunch with us. We love you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.